to the Fountain Inc. interview. For this episode of the show, we will be talking with Sagar Shah, the CEO and co-founder of Chess Base India, the biggest and most popular chess news portal in India. Sagar is an international master with two grandmaster loans. He was very close to becoming a grandmaster before he quit his professional playing career and became a chess entrepreneur and commentator. He turned out to be quite the masterstroke as he has now become the face of Indian chess broadcasting. Welcome to the show, Mr. Sagasha. Thank you, Suresh. Let's uh, start with uh, the the biggest event that just happened in the chess world, which was the World Championship uh, game match between Yanapumnyashi and Dingleren, which Dingleren won. How do you see the change in dynamics in the chess world? Probably a lot of neutral fans will still think the, the, the value of the championship is diminished because Magnus Carlsen just relinquished it and nobody beat him to become to dethrone him from his uh, uh, position. So how do you see it as a broadcaster and as a player and as a student of the game? Yeah, I think uh, we are in a very interesting situation where the strongest player in the world decided not to defend his title. But if that happens, uh, you cannot really stop the cycle of world championships, which has been going on for over a century now. And so what happened next was quite logical. Those who finished uh, first and second in the candidates, they played against each other. And it was a very interesting world championship match. I think everyone agrees that Magnus Carlsen is stronger than Ding Liren, who has become the world champion in terms of uh, strength and his rating is a clear uh, attestment to that. But it will be very interesting to see how things pan out now because will Magnus Carlsen want to win back his world championship title? Um, Will he decide to do something different? Will there be some new events that he will start on his own, like how maybe Gary Kasparov did back in the 90s. Uh, that remains to be seen. But the the difference here is that Magnus willingly gave up his title uh, and he was he was fine with it. So, so I believe that uh, while everyone would have loved Magnus to defend his title, uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. And I think Ding played really well. In the World Championship match, it was a match filled with so many ups and downs, so much tension, drama. Uh, and in the end, he managed to triumph. So, which was very, very exciting as a as a chess fan to watch. How do you see the difference between this uh, particular chess championship match after the spectacular rise in popularity in chess as an online game compared to the matches of the last decade? Do you see in the way that it was brought to the public? Do you see in the way it was discussed about? I think uh, overall what has happened in recent times is that chess has gained a lot of followers who are interested in the competitive aspect of chess rather than just the aspects of the game where 
you are looking at the nuances, the moves, the opening theory, the tactics, the variations and so on. So what has happened is people now tune into chess to watch the reactions of the players or who's winning, who's not winning uh, and mainly just look at it as more kind of a spectator sport. And this this didn't happen to chess earlier. You know, earlier, only people who understood the game quite deeply uh, would follow it. And I think that's a very welcome change for the sport because that brings in a lot of people to watch it. Uh, I know for a fact that a lot of people watch broadcasts now from the perspective of what the bar is saying. If the bar is in white's favor, they know that white is winning. If the bar is in black's favor, that I'm, I'm talking about the engine evaluation. Uh-huh. And I think that's uh, that's very interesting because now you, if you are a commentator or if you are a broadcaster, you do not want to delve into the ultimate intricacies of each and every variation. You want to make it more exciting for a layman to watch. And I think uh, there there is an interest in that sense. And so that has to be catered to. And I think uh, a lot of, lot of the broadcasting thought which goes behind uh, now the commentary that happens online uh, happens from this, this point of view rather than just thinking whether the best variations or the best moves are being discussed. So on. Sagan, your own personal journey, you have a wonderful video on YouTube on why you gave up on becoming the Grandmaster. You are a very strong player on the verge of becoming a Grandmaster. And then you shifted your focus to something else and you became probably the most leading figure in Indian chess as far as chess broadcasting goes. So can you give us a brief background about this transitioning from a player to a broadcaster? I think it already feels like um, past life is a bit too much to say, but already another era when I was playing chess, uh, especially because the pandemic came in and so many things happened. But I had stopped playing competitive chess in 2017. And one of the reasons for doing that was that somehow my work related to chess promotion, chess coverage, journalism, broadcasting and all of that started to grow to such an extent and it started to get so exciting that even when I was playing tournaments, I would be uh, trying to find time to say write articles or interview people and think about how I could sort of promote the next big talents of India and so on. So it was very clear to me that I was a good chess player, but I was not the best. But when it came to coverage, when it came to writing, when it came to talking about chess, I think I was one of the best out there, especially because I enjoyed it so much. And also I had this innate uh, feeling of sharing uh, with people, whatever I felt, whether be it watching games or uh, whether be it 
you know be going to a place and covering a tournament as a journalist so that that really uh, took me on this path of becoming uh, a chess entrepreneur or you can say a chess broadcaster and it also stems from the fact that chess was never an easy thing for me i had to work very hard to improve at it uh, i didn't have that innate talent within me to sort of uh, that improvement came easy from let's say a rating of 2000 to 2300 it took me maybe 6 7 years and then from 2300 to 2450 again it took me 3 4 years to to reach there which generally if you look at the current talents they are able to do that within like 2 to 3 years uh, this huge jumps so while it was not ideal for my chess what it did instill in me is this this passion for the game this study the the appreciation of how difficult it can be for someone uh trying to understand it deeper reading lot of books um sort of idolizing the great players uh trying to understand them deeper and and all of this which i never thought would help me in anything apart from playing chess actually became some of my strengths when it came down to teaching commentating and so on so yeah i mean as they say nothing ever goes wasted i never knew why i was reading so many books or why i was listening to so many chess videos and commentaries back when i was a player but i think uh, it all makes some sense now as uh, someone who has followed chess base for quite a number of years what i find really interesting about uh, the website is the way you cover both you keep a balance between chess at grassroots level and chess at the really top level so it is not exclusively focused on the top level chess which is what most uh, chess uh, uh, channels do what was the idea behind uh, going in that direction i think uh, everyone works really hard in the chess world uh, if if you ever decide to organize a chess tournament uh, you would realize that there are so many little things that go into making it a success and i have actually tried doing almost everything that is there in the chess world right from playing to commentating to organizing to teaching and everything that is there and i know that how much effort goes into it and i feel like if today chess has to grow then it has to grow by taking everyone together forward uh, you cannot just have the top players who are the only ones who earn out of it or the top tournament organizers who make um i mean maybe not even money but who get all the eyeballs basically i think the people who work at the grassroots are extremely key because today where indian chess has reached is because of those people who did let's say district tournaments or state tournaments or national events because of which we have talents like gukesh or arjun or pragnananda or nihal sarin you know all of them when they began they played local tournaments and it was only through that that they could actually reach where they are and i feel like the finest talents 
are actually found in these places and if you are not careful uh, in looking over there then you can actually miss out on some real real gems and uh, i i am a big believer of the fact that talents can sprout from just about anywhere and if they are supported at the right time then they can really bloom into something which no one can actually uh, imagine that to be and I, and at chess base india we take this role very seriously that uh, we can we can support these talents we can motivate them and uh, this free flow of information is actually a very very important aspect of of making sure that uh, that people are connected to each other in the in the chess world and and talent can sprout you know that way or, or talent can actually flourish so sada you have seen chess at grassroots levels from a very close distance a lot of people don't understand this how difficult it is for chess parents to raise their kids because to be a really great player but you have to start young it's almost impossible to start late and reach and, and survive in that proper professional world of top chess so these kids the way their parents raise you have seen from very close quarters what is your take on it because you have been quite vocal about it yourself the role played by the parents the struggle that the a lot of people actually don't know how difficult it is to get a kid play through a junior level circuit i think uh, every person every young talent's journey is different but i feel that parents involvement is one of the key aspects of uh, a talent becoming into a successful chess player uh, it could be involvement in a very close way where they actually travel to events and take care of every little aspect become their managers and so on or it could be just a detached interest you know whereby they are not they are not micromanaging everything but they are interested in the in their child's success because at the end of the day every parent is the first sponsor of the of the young talent you know you are not going to get a sponsor outside there and the parents would only spend money on something that they believe in they cannot spend money today on uh, on frivolous things so that's the reason why it's very important for parents to believe that there exists a uh, a future for their kid in this sport and for all the parents who have actually believed that uh, the journey has been uh, from easy to some i mean I, i think easy might not be the right word but smooth to really really difficult and i think you can categorize different players in different uh, difficulty of that journey and i have seen parents who have uh, whose kids have become grandmasters but are still reeling under loans and uh, you know because they wanted them to play in tournaments have the best coaching uh, chess looks like a sport which is inexpensive because you have a chess board and pieces to play just you know you can go and play anywhere you don't need a ground or you don't need any infrastructure but once you start to get better um the main main expenses arise in training because chess training is extremely uh, 
expensive and in travel uh, when you have to go to tournaments each travel outside india costs you anywhere between a couple of lakhs 1 to 2 lakh rupees and imagine that if a kid has to make 3 to 4 such trips in a year that's already costing you 10 lakh rupees a, a year uh, for your training plus playing and that often is uh, the income of a middle class uh, family uh, in a year so managing a super talented kid in chess is is very very difficult i feel for for people who don't have the finances and uh, that that's a that's a big challenge which we are are trying to solve in our little way through the help chess foundation which uh, which we created back in 2018 but but i i clearly understand that we are far far away from solving this problem where do you see us as a chess force obviously we are one of the top uh, chess nations when it comes to olympiads we may not have won it but we were very close and in terms of ratings also we are right in the right in the top but for a lot of uh, the general public who doesn't follow chess really eagerly the the question that they always seem to ask is who after anand will become a world champion so the current generation of indian chess is uh, way too young for us to feel that they have not yet performed you know they have been steadily improving uh, right from let's say if you if you take gukesh who is world number 22 or 23 right now and is just 16 years old or you take arjun who is knocking on the doors of uh, top 13 in the world and he is 19 uh, Nihal Prague there is Leon there is Raunak there is uh, Pranav these are actually seven names which i can already quote who are about 2600 and i mean they they've hardly got opportunities of playing the top players in the world super tournaments and so i think it's too early to talk about them becoming world champions i think firstly they have to go through the grind of playing these super tournaments playing against world class opponents uh, fighting that out like like gukesh is doing let's say he played vikanze this year then he played wr masters now he will play norway chess and i think this entire journey of these young talents becoming world class players is in itself very interesting and exciting for me to follow um, and I, i think it will it will happen for each one each one will take their um their time to to mature into good players for example if you look at nihal sarin he was not playing for 6 months and and 6 months uh, in chess is quite a long period but now he's back he's playing at the sharja masters he won his game today he's on two and half out of three suddenly he feels like a very you know fresh force he has come back with so each each of these talents has a personal life uh, story they have their chess they have their uh, they have their things to take care of uh, in their life and i think it's going to be very exciting to follow each one of them as to how they are going to manage all of these things uh, on the chess board off the chess board and who's going to be able to manage everything well uh, to become 
the best in the world now it can very much be possible that india may not create a, a world champion out of these or it can happen that maybe not just one but more than one would become the world champion uh, but for me that does not is not that exciting as it is to actually see how they uh, how they solve each of their problems which comes to them uh, in their in their life uh, as they keep growing towards that uh, that title that they are all pursuing uh, and that's why I, i personally am more interested in the process than the result and i'm also very interested to increase the number of players who are going to reach the top let's say 100 or who go beyond 2600 plus rating because then the chances of someone succeeding keeps growing higher and higher because let's say if you have someone like magnus carlsen uh, it's not at all easy to to sort of say that okay now someone's going to become a world champion because uh, that's only one player there but if you have many many talents which are coming up it it can definitely help and uh, it's not just limited to uh, boys or men it's also girls you can see that recently indian girls have been doing fantastically well we have divya deshmukh who's become an iim we have vantika agrawal who is doing very well we have savita shri who is a big talent rakshita ravi is coming up we also have vaishali who is who is i mean i wouldn't even call her a young talent anymore right she is already a, a well matured chess player now who's played grapries and and is now slowly becoming one of the best in the world so i i think uh, from all directions my my work or you can say what what i want to do for chess is to give more and more talents the opportunity to reach this place where they can actually fight for um where they can actually sort of things smoothen out for them to to achieve their true potential that is what and i think uh, once uh, shrinath uh who is who is the coach of arjun used a very nice word which i think has stuck with me he says uh, he he had used the word enabler and i think uh, if if i can enable certain things for for these youngsters whatever that may be uh, in different phases of their life uh, i think that would be what i see as my role at at this point sagar uh, before wrapping up a couple more questions one the the recent uh, massive endorsements that uh, arjun got nihal got uh, and uh, pragnananda got in what ways has this um, sort of propelled the whole already accelerating growth but uh, it, this this was massive especially arjun's endorsement the recent one so this has brought a much more intense spotlight on the game as such how has the world changed from within as the chess world itself there is more belief uh, in chess players that you can make a living out of chess and that keeps getting stronger as uh, days pass by arjun's uh, example is a great great one for any young talent who is today going through the grind where the parents are actually you know taking them to tournaments trying to burn their savings uh, they 
they know that this is possible and i actually keep on uh, telling people that in which other sport or in which other domain can a teenager actually earn in crores i i'm not aware of it maybe maybe there are maybe there are some but i am i am not very much aware of course to do this you need to be a very very special talent uh, which all of these youngsters are uh, but it is a possibility and this has been made possible uh, and all the companies are actually putting in their resources because they see some some logic uh, behind these decisions and i think i as the time goes by i only see this trend growing um just like how when we talk about vishy anand and his world championships the word NIIT comes to mind you know anand always donning the t-shirt with NIIT logo or NIIT word written on it uh, i'm sure that uh, many more companies would want that attached to their uh, brand and and that is where the real real value of uh, sponsoring these talents lies because you don't know where they are going to perform today well you know they might be at sharja tomorrow they might be in south america tomorrow they might be in europe and if you are a company who is who is doing something interesting uh, and want the entire world to know about you then these young talents are actually a, a great way of putting the word out there so i think while earlier many of the companies were sponsoring uh, chess players because of personal interest of maybe the founder of the ceo and so on in the game of chess i feel slowly and steadily it is also becoming quite a wise business decision for them so again one last question on uh, the future of uh, various formats much has been said about uh, rapid being the preferred or or possibly the way to go in the future given that chess has now very firmly established itself as an online spectator sport it was not the case before this is a very recent development in the world of chess even the the for the classical matches obviously the time that takes between each moves how broadcast friendly that is also the fact that the 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 influence of engines the the way the engines have sort of made the game very theory heavy do you see something like fisher random formats which deviates from the classical uh, way of playing chess taking over and becoming more popular or uh, do you still see classical chess retaining a special niche place or will the rapid eventually take over as the most important format probably not the most meaningful format but definitely the most important format yeah i i still don't i'm still not clear on this in my own mind yet um i would i would say that where there is money where there is uh, and money flows from where there is viewership and the viewership flows from where there is interesting uh, broadcasts and interesting broadcasts can only follow if it's an interesting format and so this becomes like uh, an entire thing uh, through which uh, you can you can be in there yet at the same time till we keep on saying that the world championship the classical world champion is cha- championship is the most important uh, 
uh, thing then that becomes like an entire cycle like today the classical ratings are through what we gauge the strength of a player we do not know where what is the rapid or blitz rating of these young talents we are all the time following the classical rating um there are qualification tournaments that we follow for classical events for the world for the candidates and world championship so it's it's actually very difficult for me right now to gauge but i think it's like that right you are you are in the midst of things and you are not really understanding that actually you are in the midst of a huge change that is happening and perhaps it is inevitable that shorter formats will take over because the 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 broadcasts will be more interesting and there'll be more money that will ha- come in like for example uh, say the global chess league which is going to happen soon by tech mahindra will be in rapid format and that that comes from their their decision comes purely from the fact that the broadcast would be more interesting for for rapid format otherwise they would have done it in classical chess so so here's the here's the conundrum on one hand you have broadcasts and uh, sponsors who want to put in money where there are more eyeballs and on the other hand fide wants to sort of keep their uh, century long uh, world championship tradition going by um, enhancing the world championship cycle which is in classical chess who's going to win this i don't know uh, and i think i'm i'm also very interested to to see for me right now it's it's like both both things are in are exciting and i think the entire chess world is looking at it in this way that we will keep our feet in both both these territories and then whichever one goes forward we will follow that i think that's how everyone's looking at it thank you so much sakar for giving us uh, so much time and for having this wonderful conversation Thank you Suresh. Thank you so much.